Welcome back guys to another episode of The Trickway, uh, The Only Way. It took me this long to actually say that. That was a good opening line, Gray. I liked that. <laughs> That's the right. Trickway, The Only Way, My Way. Um, yeah, we're back for another review episode uh, in the typical Gray and Trev style where we absolutely analyse the arse out of it and just go in multiple different angles because that's, uh, that's how we roll. Today it's Lord Dex, Season 3, Episode 4, Room for Growth. Uh, Gray, what was your kind of brief uh, opinion on this episode, kind of rating, that kind of thing? Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's, I still kind of stick with what I more or less do sometimes. I kind of float around a 7. Yeah, so you know, depend, it depends. Some of the, fu- the real funnier ones, like last time I might go up higher than 7 or whatever. Uh, but again, I still stick with what I say before about this show. It's the moments. So there's certain moments that are just that's what makes it flat out, flat out funny. And then the rest of it is kind of like, eh, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's decent enough. We we know we know what Lord Dex okay. is. It's it's. Right. I don't think it tries to be something that it's not. It's just something for us to have a chuckle at and a, and a laugh at. And um, you know, we will talk about some funny points at the end of this uh, and throughout the episode. Uh, but we'll kick off. We'll kick off, Gray. Uh, this episode starts off in the Cerritos and a very crowded lower deck. There's people going left, right, and center. It's a lot more crowded than it usually is. Um, and it turns out that our engineering crew, I mean, I don't know if it's just engineering. Let's just say our ensigns, our faithful, usual ensigns, um, are are playing silly little games in their bunk beds and whatnot, uh, but they have they, they all they all have to uh, by order of uh, the captain go on some shore leave. Um, and what was it you said, Gray? You've you've mentioned here. Uh, <laughs> your, your one of your favorite characters, Tiana, has a nice little kind of one one liner. Yes, my favorite, the cat doctor, of course, Doctor uh, Doctor Tiana. Uh, <laughs> the the captain was reading from what Tiana wrote about the engineering crew and how work overworked they are. Cause the yeah. captain came in saying, wow, you guys are like really overworked. And one of the guys, I always forget his name, but one of the engineers was saying that, that, uh, or Shax was saying to him that you guys have been working for a week straight. And he's like going, huh? huh? A week? What? <laughs> like this. Oh, Bellops. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then the captain looks at the sheet that Dr. Tiana wrote up about their condition. And he says, well, Dr. Tiana, says that you guys are an effing pile of stress <laughs> she pulls no mint she minces no words dr tiana she just lays it right out there and that's why we so that's we why we love her that's why we love her great exactly I, this episode will have a not a hell of a lot of 
the doctor in it, but one or two funny moments that we will touch on shortly, which gave us both a oh, good yeah. chuckle. We definitely are going to. And there was a lot of touching, pun intended. Um, mm. So, yeah, so it turns out while the captain's arranging this uh, show leave uh, for, for her crew, there is a room lottery coming out, Gray. Now, what I mean by that is... They're all in the lower decks, these a lot of a lot of these ensigns. And while they like it, they want to they want to get to the the first deck, the top deck, because it's like the penthouse suite, if you like, the penthouse suites of of their starship. Um and they're wanting the best possible room that they possibly can get. Um they have to try and fight this out with the Delta crew. Which we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about later on in the episode. Um, and what you, you mentioned here, Tandy finds out, uh, and Beckett says Delta Crew should join the Maquis because apparently, great, they yeah. are in an act as well, aren't they? I guess apparently the two crews, one in the day and one at night, aren't really fond of each other. So when Tandy finds out that apparently the Delta Crew is trying to rig this lottery. She goes back to tell Beckett, and Beckett goes, oh, the Delta crew, they should just join the Maquis already. <laughs> and this is, and I keep on hearing these little lines, and they drop it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, and it's those lines that uh, I, why I love Lord X in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned something after here, Gray, in our notes, that is, um, I actually think it's a, a relevant point. You want to tell us about the, the swearing and the expletives, et cetera, yeah. that pisses you off? I mean, the expletives and which we call swear words, right? I just, it gets to me because so many episodes, and I don't, I don't have a problem them using them whatsoever. It's actually the other way around. I don't understand why they keep bleeping them out all the time. So every time they go to say F this or shit that or whatever, it's just beep, 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 beep. Sorry. And okay, I, at first I thought like, all right, well, okay. So I guess they're doing that because, you know, if it goes on network TV or not streaming, it, you would have to do that. Then I started thinking about this a minute, and I'm going like, wait a minute. This is on a streaming service. This is not on normal, what they call, used to call commercial television, okay? Yeah, yeah. This is network. So if you're paying for this, okay, then everything goes. And so imagine if they didn't bleep out the explicatives. Yeah, I get it. The swear words. <laughs> how much better it would be. I would love to hear Dr. T- uh, Dr. Tiana especially, you know, just let, just let it go. Just let it go. And even when Becca d- starts using more language than she's ever used, because in the first two seasons she didn't use a lot of swear words, <laughs> now all of a sudden they're popping up now left and right, okay? Not overused, but they're there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, enough already. I'm paying for this. So if you were concerned <laughs> about those words going into, let's say, if they ever were to release it on, again, so-called commercial TV, yeah. well, then you bleep them out. Why are you bleeping them out now for the streaming service? Let it go, and then if it goes to commercial, then bleep them out. That's three times, you know, and you've said let it go in the last two minutes. I really seriously concern you're going to start breaking out and start singing uh, Disney's Frozen. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Well, there's, there's, there's another version of that that's really great. Yes, I know. Yes, I know the one version. If, yes. You see, uh, look up, look up uh, the, the, what is it, the F at all. And uh, Disney, and you, that's a great parody. It's really funny. Uh, anyway, we digress. Um, yes. Oh, that's that's what we do. Great. That's what it's all about. Well, the reason you, you, why I wanted to, the reason I wanted mm-hmm. to bring this up now is because as we go into this review, you're going to see more reason, more behind my reasoning. But yeah. but, let, but we'll see. We'll go. 
Your point is valid, and my opinion on it is I think they do it like that because um, now I've heard the odd swear word on uh, Discovery, and when I mm. heard it, I was a bit shocked. Not because I was offended, but because I'm not used to that in main Star Trek. Now, right. while it's animated, I mean, animated or not animated, it doesn't make any difference to me. I think I would have at least initially still been shocked because it's not Star Trek and to do that. However, yeah. because it's comedy, it's an adult comedy Star Trek type show, um, I'm, I wouldn't be as surprised. So if they just literally cursed right. beep, Without the 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 beat machine, I would be like, "Whoa, okay." But I think it's a bit tongue in cheek that they just swear, beep it right out immediately. But you still get a very clear indication of what they're trying to see. Say it adds to the character, I think, and the the humor mm -hmm. of the show rather than just f that straight out. Put the beep in. You know what they said. And I, I yeah, I think it works. But it is a good point, mate. It is a good point. I don't think they do it for that reason. Uh, because Discovery has had a couple of swear words on it and it's on a streaming service, so they could do that. That isn't a problem, but they don't. So, well, I think, I think like in, in, in the non in the live action shows or whatever, I, I believe that you obviously don't want to be swearing left and right, but if, but if it calls for it, yeah, so what if you let one or two go through? If you, yeah. you remember in, um, I forgot what movie it was, uh, but Data. Turned to the turned and when I forgot shit. what was happening. It was star. It was goes, oh shit! <laughs> it was Star Trek Seven Generations when Deanna Troy was crashing Enterprise D, and okay. he had the he had the chip. Remember, he had the emotion yeah, chip. The emotion chip. Yeah, he was funny he in that episode. That. He he was genius. That was hilarious. That really was. That cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Data. Um, yeah, so that is a good point because there, it does. There is a lot of swearing in this episode, and there's more swearing come up in in this particular episode as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, so right, we've got room lottery kicking off with the ensigns, but the rest of the crew, uh, certainly a lot of the senior crew, are going on shore leave. But they're going on shore leave to another ship, and it's called the Dove, which I found excellent. That's a brilliant name for a ship. Just, yeah. I don't know what species it is. It's it's not Starfleet or anything. It's just, it's just another ship, uh, chill out kind of ship, surely type ship called the Dove. And Gray's noted here that we do we do see a few things right that we're going to point out. Well, they're going yeah, on the to one, the yeah. Go ahead, sir. Well, obviously the one thing that I noticed right away um, yeah. was that the alien that is running the Doves, it's like a R and R spa. Yeah, um, is the same or not the she's the same alien or species of an alien that was in Star Trek, the original series animated. With like and three arms, that four arms. Alien, yep, that's yep. And that alien on in the Star Trek TOS animated was a helmsman. And I always remember that the look of the character and stuff, and that he had three arms. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Is it so not four? You're seeing no, only three. Because okay, I was go I was going to say then it's like go it's gore from um, Mortal Kombat then uh, no one rips that idea yeah no <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, well, yeah. one of the things they, that they did did enjoy way back in the Star Trek uh, TOS animated stuff was the fact that they couldn't because it would cost too much money they couldn't sit there and show the really wild alien species because you know but in the animated they could 
And I mm-hmm. think they kind of carry that forward in, in sort of in lower decks by the fact that they bring back a character or two from way back. Why couldn't they do that, Greg? Um, do you think it would be too much CGI or too much makeup? In the original? Or oh, God, yeah. It, it, yeah. Would, it, it would have been. Well, let's, I'll give you one perfect example. Well, not CGI. You remember but... the ori- no, no. You remember the original Gorn in, the, in TOS? Oh, that was so awful. Right? That was so it was bad. awful. I mean, even though I enjoyed the episode for what it, for what it was, okay, you know, back then, even back then, it was kind of kind of corny. Now it's way corny. So oh, basically, yeah. that's all they could afford. They couldn't show, yeah, you know, the proper alien like they could today, maybe. So I yeah. think the, the lower decks kind of plays into that and just says, okay, we're going to bring back a couple of those characters, and that it does allow them to bring back or to utilize some very strange looking things that are supposedly characters in, in low, lower decks because hey, yeah. budget allows it. The so, beauty but I thought of that was kind animation. Of yeah, 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 no, no, it's just true. And you've got a point there. You do see more of the mad aliens. Uh, it seems to be, if it's not a three, uh, I think it's a, it's not a cat type creature, but it's it's definitely an alien with three arms. Then you've got a bird. Then you've got a doctor cat, as you like to call her. So yeah, all the funky stuff on Lord Dex. That's why we love it as well. well what about, uh, we know we're both skipping over because I didn't think it was a big deal, but uh, Tendi had some kind of, gelatinous pet in a beaker no we're not um, skipping over it you don't you don't mention it oh, but okay, i do okay. i do i do remember that yeah yeah yeah. a little pet jello thing i think of the thing off of the yeah. orville if anyone's seen that can't remember what the cat character's name is but the one that's like literally the blob character oh it's right like a right, right tiny right. version of that isn't it it keeps escaping which i found adorable and cute yeah that's a very good point yeah uh, a, li- a little pet, because Tenny's a bit strange like that, but she's she's also very sweet. Um, so we're on yeah. we're on the dove, and uh, the 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 doctor, the shrink, whatever you want to call her, she is basically giving them a tour of the facilities. And some noticeable things we saw: there was a puppy room, uh, there was a kitten room. Yeah. If and, and then I quote the doctor's words: "Where there's a kitten room for those that don't want the puppy room, but we won't judge you." Something along those lines, which I found hilarious. Because I yeah. am a cat person over a dog person doesn't mean I'm not a dog person. I'm neutral. I, I don't. I'm neutral in dogs. I, I, they're lovely. I just don't want to pick up anyone's shit. So I'm more of a kitten person, and that's fine. So I was. I was a little dig there. I took that slightly personally from the doctor. So screw you, doctor. I know they're gonna hear. They're gonna hear from people that that uh, love cats. But I thought it was funny when <laughs> when they do the puppy room. But what she did is she turned to them and says, "Well, we can replace the puppy with kittens for you deviants." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was it's that like, was true. Yeah, we're called like, deviants. Oops. Harsh man. I was like, oh man. I like, oh. Uh, and, and you see, I think I almost forgot this, Gray, but I saw it at, at the corner of my eye, and then when I read your comment, it kind of jogged my memory. We do see Klingons battling away, or a Klingon battling away in the room, which yeah. of course they do because they Klingons, and that's how they relax. Everyone's different. And we also see Gray, I mentioned below as well, we see a Benzite. Um, now, I just remember that from the Next Generation, that episode, I think it was episode or episode or two, where the Benzite was on the ship with Wesley Crusher. I saw him and I thought, that was cool. I like that alien species. So um, we yeah, like little cameos. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, the teamwork makes the dream work, Gray. You note things down that I'm missing. I'll, I'll mention. I'll mention something else probably nobody noticed, but when they did the puppy room, the species of alien that was inside the puppy room was an Andorian, right? But mm. if you watched her, if you watched her closely when the when the puppies were jumping all over 
she wasn't having a good time. She was she was freaking scared of these puppies. <laughs> and like and like who's scared of puppies? And she's like, like making all these faces and everything. Like she's going nuts. No one's scared of puppies. Great. Everyone loves puppies. They love That's puppies. Right. But and, you know, a horror movie will just take that and twist it right around. Nah, make it up, you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, back on the Cerritos. Um, <laughs> Beckett and the gang. I like that. We could say Boyle and the gang. Beckett and the gang, um, are, what have you put here? They cut through a holodeck on the way to the terminal to stop Delta crew. Uh, yeah, they're trying to basically, it's like a shortcut to try and beat Delta crew because what they're going to do is they're going to rig the machine, the computer that actually, it's like a lottery, and they, they want to um, rig this machine so they can get ahead of it because they don't think it's a very fair system. So it's literally a race to where this system is located to actually hack it and and defeat the system. And that's where they're literally cutting their way through a holodeck. Um, Now, Gray, you mentioned here, uh, how did it easily enter? Now, that is a good point, because one minute you just see them outside and the next they're almost appeared in the room. And you're thinking, if it's someone's program, you can't just enter. Is that where you're coming from? Yeah, because all they did is they they go, oh, I think it was Tendi or something said, oh, uh, Dr. Chiana is running a program. I guess we'll have to wait. And then Beckett's going like, no, we don't have to wait. And then she just walks in. And I'm like, hello. I mean, there would be some kind of protocol to keep you from just walking in. Starfleet HR, Starfleet HR. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) So they just kind of like ignore that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's a cartoon, right? That's like you tell myself when this stuff happens. All right, it's a cartoon. I get it. So they but, just walk right in, but that's cool. And 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 this program is now this is probably easily Grey and I's favorite part of the whole episode. I had a, I was I was cringing, I was laughing, I was everything above. It was Tiana, um, Tiana and Shax were both um, running this uh, this program, and it was like a kind of twenty thirties forties era uh, gangster heist type thing. Where they're literally the, these two are fighting off uh, the feds or whoever they think it is, I, which is really appropriate <laughs> for the federation, right? Well, the yeah, that, that that's a that's a nice little nod. Um, Play on words. Uh, t- t- they're both hilarious, but Tiana is um, literally cursing their way through it, effing this and effing that. And again, that's our pre- previous part we mentioned, Gray, about the swearing, and it would have been hilarious maybe if they hadn't beat it. But I found it amusing all the same. Tiana says. I didn't plan on blowing anyone's brains out, but here we are, as she cocks a shotgun. Um, and then, great, you could, you, could, you could carry on this point here about uh, Shax and, and uh, sure. Dr. Um, Cat. First of all, everybody that's listened to our thing knows that Tiana and Shax are my two favorite characters. So when I saw this open up with them, and they're two together, I'm going like, Oh my God, this is great. My two characters together in a holodeck thing. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there going, like, This is a 10. This scene's a 10 in my book, no matter what. Yeah. So I see two of them and I'm all excited. And so they do this whole thing and she's cursing her way through it. This is where I thought they should have lifted that stupid mm. leap stuff. Because if the curses had gone through, it would have made it even funnier because it was already funny as hell. So they're just doing the whole bank heist and shoot machine guns and everything. And and in meanwhile, the characters, our Beckett and crew, are, are, are in there, like, trying to dodge bullets because, of course, Tiana's going to shut off the safety protocols. Ah, I just turn off the safety protocols. And the way she does it, it's great. Just, like, turn <laughs> them off. 
<laughs> we don't need them. And all of a sudden they're going like, whoa. And then Shax is like getting into it too. So they're both just really like having a ball with this whole thing. And then all of a sudden you, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, wait, wait a minute. We're sitting there talking about how they won't let the explicatives go through, but then they get into heavy duty innuendo sexual talk. <laughs> And I'm going like, what they're saying, Greg? Oh, we want no. to hear it. We want to hear it. And 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 so now all of a sudden we find out that Shax and T and uh, Dr. Chana are intimate. I mean, intimate, very yeah, uh, intimate. Uh, <laughs> they go through this whole thing where they're where they're where they're, they're talking about like uh, how the, sometimes they don't communicate with each. other. So it gets into yeah. like an intimate semi argument discussion or whatever between the two, and 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 they get, they start getting down and dirty with the discussion, and she's talking about. How like, oh, well, let's do like we always do. We get really excited about this. And then we start doing the nasty on the table and let everybody else watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going like, whoa. And I'm being a little bit kind in how I'm describing this. Yes, he is. They were, they, they were saying it a little more descriptive mm -hmm. than I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going like, oh, man, my jaw's like dropping. I'm laughing and I'm going like, whoa, they're letting this stuff through. <laughs> You know, and stuff like that. And then she starts talking about... Or, or I want Shaq the line. She starts, Shaq starts saying, well, you don't listen to me sometimes when, you know, I just died. And the, when we never really talked about it, because it was an episode where he died and came back. We had talked about that. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, Tiana, sensing that, <laughs> I guess, that Shaq is being a big baby, says, oh, big baby, this is here. And he says, you want to suck on these? And you see her pull her blouse partway down. <laughs> You know, it's, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, this is really getting raw into it. Now. I burst out laughing I mean, at work with that, Gray. I was watching it at work. Sorry. Oh my God. I was sitting there on the floor. I'm sitting there going, like, oh, this, is real. this isn't really happening. And I, am I really seeing this? You know, and, then, and then of course you're having visions, right? So you see Dr. Tiana, who's a cat creature, whatever, and she's only like, what, four foot five? And mm -hmm. then you're looking at Shax, who's about seven foot tall, and he's like Destroyer. broad. And, and you're going like, these, these two are just intimate and doing nasty on tables. They're, they're, and not, about they're, they're not compatible. It's like, it's like a little baby <laughs> chihuahua or a big Rottweiler or something, you know? It's, right, yeah. right, which makes it even funnier. And then after I saw, I heard all this, right? I'm sitting there going like, man, how can they top that? And she goes like, says, listen, I'm going to tell you something I haven't never told anybody. I'm going to tell you the whole story about how I lost my, how I lost my tail or whatever. And, and, He's going, oh, I want to hear that one. And it's back. the facial expressions then, on both their faces. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, the crew is here in this. And all of a sudden, Boimler was great. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. We got to go. We got to go. And he's trying to jump down the tubes so that can get out of the room. And he's like, no, no, no. We can't hear this. Beckett's already in. Boimler's going, no, 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 no. And he's going in. And then all of a sudden, Tendi, yeah, who's Tendi. the one that's like the most innocent yeah. of the whole crew, right? She's going like, I always wanted to hear this story. <laughs> she's sitting there going like hanging on fascinated to the and she and all of a sudden dr china starts to go into it and we don't hear it and tendy goes down the tube yeah yeah and, and that was it so it was just like man it was so good i mean that whole sequence was just out out completely outstanding that it was, was so good. yeah that was the easily the best part of the whole episode um and I would give that just a 10 out of 10 alone, uh, oh, that yeah. section of the episode, it was that good. Um, we we then we then move on to uh, Beckett and Boimler. Uh, they seem to start encountering a bit of an acid trip. Now, to give you some context, <laughs> right, they're in a room that's got some funky weeds and, and kind of shrubs and stuff. 
And right. it doesn't seem to have any effect on, on Tendi. She notices, you know, there's something wrong with the atmosphere. Um, that these 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 uh, plants they don't need um, they don't need Oxygen. water, but they use nitrous oxide or something like that to to breathe. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. From what I'm gathering, I guess the plants emit nitrous oxide. So there's so much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barely yeah. any ox yeah. oxygen in the room, so they're getting, so they're getting kooky on nitrous oxide and lack of oxygen. So they're like, uh, yeah, a little acid trip, like with big arms and stuff. And Boimler's yeah. got a fish head kind of thing, or it was, it was a starfish type thing. It was kind of bonker. Now to give you some context, yeah. the reason they keep, they have this in the room. This is my theory, Gray. This is something mm -hmm. that we missed from the very start of the episode. The very start of the episode, uh, one thing we missed out, apologies, was uh, just after they're all being crowded by everyone in Lord Decks, the ensigns, uh, the captain goes levitating and floating through the corridors with a mask on her face. And they make the whole joke of, you know, oh, not another mass situation, someone's been taken yeah. over, that kind of thing. Really and the, cap the captain's going about trying to turn the ship into her own personal temple. So this is what it comes from. If you, you imagine Indiana Jones or something where, you know, they're, they're trying to climb up vines and stuff, then uh, that's exactly the room that the guys are in at the moment, that these they're giving off the, uh, the fumes that are making them a little bit high, and they run out of oxygen. Ten... <laughs> Tendi has to actually save them quickly because they are almost run out of oxygen to the point where she actually starts slapping sense into them and hitting them and kicking them and stuff and then throwing them into the Jeffrey's tube so they can actually save the day. Um, I found that amusing as well because <laughs> I just... Yeah, yeah. she really... Uh, she re First we find out that she's not so innocent from before yeah. and now she's like... She's like slapping them around and she took a stick and starts beating Becky <laughs> anything to wake them up man it was exactly. uh, it was it was amusing um we we go back to the dove uh because i don't know like it, both you've always got the the b plot to the a plot don't you agree sometimes even the c okay. plot now, the a plot and b plot were both hilarious they were both on point this time around so yeah. um we'll go back to the dove um and <laughs> so they've got They've got these, all the, the crew have got these wristbands on. Now, they have to get them down to a nice healthy green, and most of them are on, like, yellow or something, or a light version of yellow, um, and they need to de-stress. Uh, now, the problem is, the engineers especially, Phillips and Rutherford, they can't, they can't relax. They don't know how to relax. They're literally, what the, whatever they do to relax is, is involving some form of engineering. Uh, on on the sand that they're relaxing on, they literally start making equations and schematics and stuff in the sand. And the captain notices this. Freeman notices this and goes, "Oh, come on, guys! That's not what I was talking about. Trying to wipe out the mess and stuff." And the thing is, what's backfiring is the captain's getting increasingly stressed because her crew are not relaxing themselves. So it's actually going in two different directions here. Um. <laughs> we, we, because we, we're hopping between the two. We, we, we go back to, um, we go back to the Cerritos. Um, now, Greg, do you want to tell us about this? Because we've got the whole uh, bold Boimler thing, right? What is bold Boimler up to this time around? Yeah, I mean, carrying on from like the episode before or or whatever, Boimler is getting much more uh, 
confident, you know, uh, uh, confident in himself and likes to be do daring things or whatever. And, and so all of a sudden, uh, uh, they were at, in their trip to get to this to get to this uh, area where they got to hack the computer. Yeah. Um, they end up going into a room that's low gravity, <laughs> but little do they know that. Uh, outside, there's a bunch of asteroids, and so Ransom says, "Oh, just turn on the deflector dish. That's what it's for." Well, they're caught in the room when the deflector dish is powering, and so the room is like spinning because that's what's supposed to happen, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but but before that though, when they when they had the low gravity, uh, Boimler starts having lots of fun and calling himself anti grav boy, and he's sitting there just <laughs> zoop, zooming around because like constant like this, low. yeah, yeah. It's like oh, and he's flying around. Until this happens and the and the shit hits the fan, so to speak. See, we didn't bleep that out, by the way. No, we didn't. And no. um, no. <laughs> and so that so all of a sudden he gets caught in this whirling room or whatever. Uh, the girls, meanwhile, kind of knew what was going on a little sooner than he did, and so they were in a little less trouble. Uh, so they they also jump back into the Jeffries tube. And it's funny how the Jeffries tube is always around to bail you out. Oh, you gotta so, love anyway, it. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, they go, they they jump in there, but they go like, oh man, Boimler's like stuck out there spinning around, you know, and stuff. And so they decide, how how are they going to handle this? Now, before the, this even happened with him being so bold or whatever, bold uh, boys. What I what I really thought was funny was that uh, Beckett dropped a line at one point and says that uh, bold Boimler uh, is not sustainable. We can't we can't we can't handle bold Boimler because he's not sustainable. I thought that was. <laughs> pretty funny it was a good one-liner well. yeah, yeah, yeah because it, it might have slipped some people because it doesn't sound funny but when you think about it it is funny because they're like they're both going like we can't we can't deal with this i mean how are we supposed to deal with this this isn't so working how, how did they save how did they save boiler what did they do so, and, and yeah they're gonna we're gonna tell you how they saved him and what, I, what little beef i have about it if you want to call it that so right. they're trying to figure out well how are we going to get to them they they go like well we gotta you know we gotta come up with a lifeline or a rope or something but of course yeah. they don't have anything so what do they do they strip to practically naked they're only wearing the, their ladies undie, un underwear or whatever and they're tying all their, their pants and their shirts together so that they can throw a line per se to, to Boimler so they go ahead and they do that and and he they were able to grab him and then they were able to pull him back in using their clothes as a yeah as you do they were able to pull pull him into the in, back into the Jeffries too so now they're all like safe and everything and Boimler's like oh you know, thanks for saving me. Now here comes my thing again, which is what we happened in another show. He doesn't notice any of this. The girls are both practically naked, right in there, and he's just like, "Man, it's another day on the Cerritos." And I'm like, yeah, "Really? We've seen that before, Gray." And he's done, and they did it before when Tendy was in the towel, right? In the episode before, she was wrapped in the towel. Or oh, the first episode at the start with the grapes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I understand that, okay, I guess maybe this is a theme where Boimler is not noticing this, but I mean, come on now. You're, you've been playing this thing for three episodes. You need to say something. There has to be a comedic moment that you can just drop right there. So I was waiting for a good one-liner to happen that right happened. when he went in there and, there and never happened. And I'm going like, man, missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Definitely a missed opportunity. It keeps happening to bold boims. He's not so bold. Maybe gullible, maybe blind. The amount of times women are throwing themselves at Boimler and he's not paying attention. I mean, it's obvious the guy's a catch. He just needs to actually figure it out quickly. Um, or maybe not because then he won't be so innocent then. Uh, 
But we'll see what happens. There should be some more love triangles in that episode, or that's that series in general, actually. Maybe that's something that will come of it, you know. Um, so again, we're switching back and forth between the two ships. Uh, we go back to the Dove, uh, and this is hilarious as well. The captain is getting more and more stressed out because her engineers keep doing the most elaborate things to either de-stress themselves by doing more work, um, or at one point, actually, what they do is they look very chilled out, all of them sitting with green on there. It turns out they used a piece of cucumber to actually block the sensors, which I found hilarious, every single one of them. Or they're getting massages and... Oh, yeah, just working out the kinks, you know, as Captain asks how they're doing. Just working out the kinks, yeah. She's lying down with a engineering contraption underneath her, literally working out the kinks. So, you know, they're well, constantly she's working. Massage. <laughs> well, she's getting a massage, genius. So all this is pissing the Captain off, where she slowly but surely keeps getting more and more mad to the point where she flips. It's too much. She has Her band goes black, and it's almost like... I was going to say black alert, but that's something else, isn't it? But the the, the, the equivalent uh, of black alert, and the doctor, the doctor with three arms, calls it. He's like, right, yeah, we 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 have to we have to get the big guns out. We have to sort this immediately. Take her away, but she's getting taken away. <laughs> she's still ranting, and raving. The line that I loved and uh, Gray loved was, "All engineers are goddamn Georgia LaForges." So. A little nod yeah. to Levar, because we, we, we love Levar, um, and I'm looking forward to actually seeing him um, uh, coming back in season three of Picard. Um, but yeah, so Captain's getting carted away, uh, maybe to the loony bin, we don't actually know. Uh, the Dove Commander, because we don't remember her name. I don't remember her name. Yeah, I don't, the three, I don't the either, yeah. Three-armed commander. The three-armed commander. Yeah, that could work. Um, commander, yeah. Says, <laughs> says she's shipping the captain off to Earth. Uh, and the engineers actually have to think very fast here on the spot because they don't want to lose their captain despite everything that's happened here. But they just don't know how to relax. Right. But, and they also feel that it's pretty much their fault. So they're getting guilty. You know, the guilt trip. Ma- massively mm-hmm. guilt-tripped, I think, in this one, to be fair, Gray. Um but again, jumping back again, we are going back to the Cerritos. Uh, now, <laughs> I had a little chuckle at this as well. Beckett, Boimler, and Tendi are talking about if they get the penthouse suite, you know, how would they act? How would they react? How would well, how, work on your entrance or your, your command to tell people to come into the room, if I remember rightly, Gray? Uh, and how mm-hmm. Riker. Seems to be the best one. Was it was it Boimler that wants to focus? Yeah, um, Boimler brought it up first. Yeah, he's was, sitting there going like, "Well, Riker goes like this." Enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? and, and it's like, no, maybe it's come or come or enter. You know, um, and <laughs> well, it's just a good point actually. Hey, if you have a yeah. really good room, you have to work on how to like guess, and you've got to have your one liner, your, your one word that lets people come in. Sure, it's a very good point. Um, the Delta crew, uh, <laughs> as they're talking and chewing the fat, literally drop in on them. I don't know what happened there. Um, they seem to get... Now, are they, at this point, great, are they stuck in the room? Or are they literally... I think because they, they're all they're all talking. Um, You've got Delta crew well, and their ensigns all talking. Yeah, first you had the, our, our gang, and then 
Delta crew literally falls in the same room on them because they're on the way to the same terminal to hack the computer. Uh, but the room that they're in uh, earlier, I think it was, I don't know if it was Tendi or I think it was Tendi. And she was saying that the door that they needed to go through mm. only opens up, opens up for 10 seconds every That's, uh, hour yeah. or something. And so they're all talking and they're bonding and the two crews are having chummy talks and blah, blah, blah. And, fine. Chummy and then finally what, and then finally what happens is the door opens and they, and then Delta crew races through and just goes, ah, suckers. And they just race through and the door closes. And unfortunately yeah. our, our little gang couldn't get, couldn't get through. So in actuality, even though they look like they were all bonding, yeah, they were, but not quite. Yeah, I found that a bit cheeky and a bit rude. It looked like you're, you know, yeah. it was kind of, yeah. it was kind of like last episode where, uh, if you remember, Gray, there were uh, the two different um, California crews were literally competing against one another, but it turns out actually they had a lot more in common than they they, they, they didn't have in common. And then this right. episode here, it was kind of like, well, actually, the two crew, the the two uh, uh, individual groups of people actually maybe get on a lot better than actually give themselves credit for. But it's a ruse. Uh, literally, and Delta crew disappear, which I found very sneaky. But, you know, uh, there's more to come. These guys, the guys, these these are our guys, Gray. They're always going to win in the end, you'd like to think. Um, yeah. Because we're flipping it back to and fro again, the proverbial is literally hitting the fan or back on the dove. Uh, the... <laughs> The dove, the dove commander is going. The, the three armed commander, sorry, is flipping out because she can't help the the, the captain. Uh, the engineers, as a last ditch effort, literally designed a machine that I look at it and I thought of Star Wars and bloody Han Solo and that yeah. carbonite yeah, thing or whatever, like you know. That, yeah. yeah, and and if the shape of it was like so. It was like this thing that opened. And then you go into it and it closes on you. But the shape of it didn't look humanoid at all. It was, I don't know, a plushy yeah, toy or big, something. Yeah. It was like a big square box the size of a, or double size of yeah, a Yeah, but the shape inside, inside it, though. But the, but the inside, yeah, it was like memory foam. What was foam. that? Yeah, it was like memory foam and it wasn't. Apparently, it was like, I, I, guess, I guess it fits all, you know. You just go in there. Memory foam. What was in it before, man? A bloody square with a round head? I don't know. Whatever. Well, I just... The, the <laughs> the, the dub commander said, "You guys just, you know, commandeer the equipment." Three armed you know, commander. So apparently, they stole, they stole, uh, yeah, that they stole th pieces of whatever. And she was pissed <laughs> off at them. They just stole pieces of stuff that they they saw lying around, and they make this machine. Yeah, which is so, genius. Uh, but yeah, hand sold machine is the only like way they it. know. Yeah, uh, and that's the, that was the only way of basically relaxing. This machine is literally designed to make anyone relax within seconds. And the captain, is, they, they beg, this captain, we don't want you to leave, like, jump in this machine, we guarantee it'll make you feel better, please trust us. She does, she goes in the machine, 10 seconds, comes out, and she's a bit unsure at the start, how do you feel? And then, oh, actually, wow, like, I'm amazing now, you guys are geniuses. Um, this, <laughs> but th this confuses the three-armed commander, because, yeah, well, it's great. And I think she starts smoking at this stage because she's majorly stressed Absolutely. out, which is ironic. I found Gray right. <laughs> get right. in the machine. Yeah, literally she tries to de-stress everybody, and she's smoking down. Uh, yeah, down. yeah. So as the crew actually leave, she's telling her commander or she's telling her assistant, "Get that bloody machine off this ship because it's literally going to put them out of business." You know, which I, which I found hilarious. That's genius machine, but no, no. Let's get rid of it. The last but not least, we jump back to Cerritos. 
And you mentioned this line before. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it was it was. We're going to mention it again because it was very to, to the point. Beckett again uh, says, "Bull Bondler's not sustainable." We found this hilarious. Um, they actually find out when they back when they get into the room themselves that there isn't four rooms in this lottery like they thought there was. There's only one. Uh, and they have a little heart to heart. They think, right? Well, actually, what's the point in that? That we we can't hang out, we can't be friends, if we can't have a room each. We will let them win, then they can take it themselves. Screw it. Uh, the interesting and amusing thing was the Delta crew just realised that they could just m- move four beds into the one room, <laughs> and all the ensigns <laughs> were pissed. Like, why did we not think of that? My God, damn. Um, it became a party room. They're all like, oh, man, we could have done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they're trying their best to try and get an invite to this party room. Uh, they feel left out. They've screwed up yet again, our ensigns. But that's why we love them. Um, uh, uh, Commander Ransom literally, um, he's got a thing with uh, churro dolls, right? Uh, he literally he literally walks in at the end, like the equivalent of 10 forward goes up to the replicator and it's what is it? Yeah, ask for graces like you know, like yeah, yeah. endless supply give of me churros. A dozen churros in That's a brown it. paper bag. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like sh- on on the slide. He's got this thing with churros, like and he's got a churro doll. It's a, it's a little bit strange, but then they're all a bit bonkers yeah. in that ship. Now, I found it this episode pretty funny, uh, especially because of the shacks and Tiana bit. That was hilarious. But there's a, a couple little tidbits that. Uh, I mentioned at the end that I I don't necessarily necessarily mention through the episode, but near the very start, Gray, uh, at, when they're uh, in the crowded lower deck section, uh, one of the crewmen literally walks past with like the tightest, smallest tail we've ever seen. And Beckett shouts yeah. out, "Man, you can replicate a bigger tail, you know, man. Come on, this thing is." He's like, you know, he's a buff guy. He's looking after himself. Um, I think I mentioned the captain with the mask on from the temple. Um, <laughs> and then the captain uh, telling Billups that uh, he's a he's a effing mess via the doctor, uh, which I found hilarious as well. Um, la- almost last but least, Billups and Rutherford um, fixing stuff even on stress, leaving the safety protocols off, uh, and a. Bullet almost hits Boimler in the shacks in Tiana scene. Literally then, because they freeze the program as the safety protocols come off, uh, and as literally as they're about to leave, the bullet almost hits Boimler in the face, but stops just in no more. Poor Boimler, Boimler always gets it tight. Uh, and, yeah. and, and then at last, that's a very serious question, Gray. What is this thing about Boim's? You know, this is a—is this going to stick now? Boimler's nickname, Boims. This has been a pretty much in Probably. from the start of this this season. And well, then what are they going to do? Start calling Beckett Bex. Bex. And, uh, well, yeah, you know, right. And then uh, let's and see, Tendi, They have to call her Ten. I mean, I don't know. Where does it stop? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, it 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 certainly should stop with them actually hooking up in this goddamn ship. But honestly, uh, Shaxx, we're all Shaxx and. Jackson Tiana are a thing. Uh, Beckett and Boimler should be a thing, and then Rutherford and Tiana certainly should be a thing. These guys need to start hooking well, up. We don't, well, I don't. I think we really don't know what's up because, as far as Beckett and Boimler getting together, it depends because 
There was that whole thing where uh, uh, Beckett's uh, friend is her girlfriend, the Andorian. Yeah, but she could be bisexual. And remember, no, uh, no, I, I, I agree, I agree. But that was, and that was her fantasy. So we don't know exactly what's up, with, you know, with that. As far as Boimler, he, as we already said, to a, to a really stupid degree. Now he doesn't notice everything, but it's, it's good. The joke is getting old. Uh, so it's kind of like man. how how often are you not going to notice this stuff? I mean, you so, got to. Yeah, you have that, to say something. That's why he needs to hook up with someone at one point, Boiler, because like you see, it's getting ridiculous now, yeah. isn't it? Um, but if it wasn't for the Shaxx and Tiana scene, this would have been like a six out of ten, and that's not a, uh, a a diss on the episode. It's just you've got some funny high standards to go from beforehand. It's a it's a high bar to actually try and reach. But that brought it up to seven or eight for me, just because that was that was yeah. the doctor edges it over me over Shaq, so I love them both. Um, but anyhow, that's the end of our review of this episode. Uh, what Gray and I will probably do over the weekend if we get a chance, uh, sometime soon certainly, is try and do another kind of one-off special because uh, we like to do special random subjects and topics on Star Trek, as well as bringing reviews and episodes. It's just different ways of talking about Star Trek. So we can do that, Mr. Gray. Um, but, of course, oh, yes, one other thing, an important thing. Now, uh, Gray back in the day, and that's all I'll say, back in the day, um, used to work in radio, um, and he was doing some interviews with some uh, Trek stars, uh, with some with us, some fortunately no longer with us, uh, the likes of Michelle Nichols, George Takai, etc. Now, Gray's dug these out of the archives, so to speak. They were on cassette tape, and what he's done is he's actually bought a little machine uh, that actually converts the the analog signal into digital, and he's tried his goddamn best to clean it up. Uh, and literally, what we've done uh, first and foremost, we released the first episode uh, about twenty minutes long, where Gray's talking to Nichelle Nichols and and flirting with her. May I add? Well, I don't blame the guy. Um, and uh, we put it on the Podbean bod- podcast that we take, we rip the videos from this and put it on there. Um, and, and all these interviews are twenty five to thirty years old. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nineteen ninety, give or take day. a year or two. Yeah. Um, and a couple, like yesterday. a couple of them are just before Star Trek Six, actually. So um, you, you'll find that out. Now we we also put the Michelle Nichols episode um, on YouTube as well. Uh, Gray was uh, legend enough to try and uh, reencode it and get it working again, so we could actually upload it. And I did upload that today, so you'll get these episodes certainly at a minimum on the the podcast uh, version of things. So. Always sign up to that, guys, if you haven't already. Um, and we'll try and bring these out every week, every other week for the content that we have. Um, and as usual, if you can always do the, the cheeky like and subscribe if you like this random review that we do of episodes. Uh, but until then, uh, do your thing, Gray. I can't, yeah. I'm not going to live long, but that's, that's your stick. Live long and prosper, my friends. Live long we, and prosper. We will catch you soon. Cheerio. Bye bye. <laughs> Bye.